Well, I'm bringing a message that God placed on my heart a while ago. Uh, He said, here's the message for the church, but it's not time. And so now is the time. And the title of my message is Shovels, Not Spoons. Shovels, Not Spoons. Let's go to Genesis chapter 26. I will... uh, I'm going to read just a little bit of verse 1, and then we'll skip to verse 12. Now, there was a famine in the land. Over to verse 12. Isaac planted crops in that land, and the same year reaped a hundredfold, because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, (laughs) and his wealth continued to grow until he became very rich wealthy. Do we have any rich, wealthy individuals in the room? Any young single men who are rich and, uh, (laughs) this is for all the ladies, (laughs) single and married, I guess, are all looking around. (laughs) I just entertain myself sometimes. (laughs) He has so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants Doug, in the time of his father, so all, where am I at? And also, I got, so, so all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the fir- this Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father, Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. I believe fresh water is coming into someone's life. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, the water is ours. They say, it's mine. So they named the well Isaac because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over that one also and they named it Sitna. He moved on from there and dug another well and no one quarreled over it. He named it Rohaboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in the land. I believe as we step into 2024, the Lord is saying to this church, and the church is not a building, the church is the, is the people, now is the time I'm giving you land, and you're going to flourish. You are going to experience things this year. I don't know who it's for. But I think it's for someone today. This last week, I turned, how old did I turn? I got an old, 47 on Groundhog's Day, 47 years old. A few days before uh, my birthday, Lindsay, uh, she just wanted to spend most of the day together, which, which was awesome. And so we went and grabbed coffee. I love coffee. I'm a coffee snob. So love pour over and love Ethiopian coffees. And so we had some coffee and then we just walked around the mall. We did some shopping. And so Lindsay's like, do you want anything for your birthday? I said, just, just, just try on some stuff because Lindsay never buys anything for herself. So you know, how many parents out there know you're always buying things for other people? And so your, your kids, your, your spouse. And 
So she tried on some stuff. And so Lindsay got a pair of jeans. I got nothing. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. And then we had dinner at Houston's. Uh, love, love Houston's. It's, it's good. And then on my birthday, my mom grilled steaks. And nobody grills steaks like my mom. It was a great family time. And the dessert that I chose is not a dessert many people would pick. My mom said, what do you want for dessert? And I said, I would really love just like a cheese platter. I know you're all looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> I said, throw some meat on it and just cut some. It was just, it was amazing. It was it was absolutely fantastic. And I was thinking that, that it was my birthday and they were celebrating me, but on February 2nd, 1977, my mom was the one doing all the work. Anyone out there? You like, you, you know, it's like, it's your birthday, but like, I didn't do anything. I just showed up. <laughs> she did all the work, not only on the day I was born, but she did all the work on many days following. I know we want to think we're independent and we can handle it all on our own. But the reality is uh, we're dependent on people until a certain age. We don't want to think about it or we don't want to admit it, but we're dependent upon generations that, that have come before us to care for us. We're actually indebted to, to previous generations for, for handing things down. They hand down knowledge. They, they hand down skills. They hand down traditions, whether or not we like those traditions. Can you imagine that if every generation had to create an alphabet from scratch? Imagine if every generation had to develop transportation from scratch. Imagine if every generation we had to develop electricity from scratch. We are indebted to past generations, whether we want to admit it or not. Past generations pass down what is good, but past generations also pass on what is, is not good. When I was a kid, there was this commercial. I was asking Lindsay if she remembered it, and she's like, no, I don't remember. I'm just so much younger than you. you know, I'm like, two years, girl, two years. There was this commercial, it was in the whole anti-drug campaign in the 80s, and it was this, it was this dad who was, who was talking with his son, and he had this drug paraphernalia, and he's all, mom brought this, where did you get this? Who taught you? Where did you get this? It, this kid looks at his dad and says, I learned it from watching you, dad. You want to remember that? The things we learn from our parents. The things we learn from, from generations before us. They pass down good things, but also can pass down some things that aren't so healthy. <laughs> Yet the most important thing that Isaac here in Genesis had passed down to him was not physical or material wealth, but it was spiritual. It was a spiritual inheritance to know God, to learn to, to trust God. I'm so grateful that I have an inheritance, that my great-grandpa Howard 
knew God and followed God, that his son, my grandpa Chuck, knew God and followed God, that my dad, who was here at the last gathering, knows God and follows God. And that's how I'm, that, that is an inheritance that has been passed on to me. It's the inheritance I'm, I'm giving it all to pass on to my son. We, we need to honor the past, although I know it's not too, too popular in today's culture. And remember that the most important part of legacy is not material wealth, it is spiritual wealth. And Isaac here in Genesis 26 is in a season of famine. Right now, the economy doesn't seem to be too strong for a lot of people. You go to buy a home right now and you look at interest rates, you're like, I wish they were, I wish they were lower. You go to the grocery store to buy groceries and you wish the price was, come on, you go to the fast food store and you're like, you just fast food, you go did something, you're like, 20 something dollars? Come on, bring back the Jack in the Box three tacos for 99 cents. <laughs> you don't know what's that meat, you know, it could be rat meat, who knows, it's 99 cents. At this point, though, a famine meant people would starve. Now, I'm not talking like you and I were like, I'm starving, I'm starving, I can't wait to have lunch. Even in other parts of the world today, people who starve are actually dying of of starvation. (laughs) We freaked out (laughs) during the pandemic when there was a TP shortage, (laughs) and you're like, I can't, I can't, everywhere sold out of toilet paper, what am I going to do? You saw the weird advice online, all the things people used? It was hard to find coffee filters, because people were using coffee filters as masks. I wanted to rip it off their face, I need some coffee! Extremely bad times, though, present unique opportunities for extremely good returns. I wasn't alive in 1973, but in 1973, there was an oil crisis, for those of you who are old enough to remember. The stock market crashed. It was the worst GDP in like 20 years. Our economy entered into a 16-month Recession. All this talk about a recession, that's what was happening. And most people at that time would want to just play it safe, hold on to what you got. But two individuals were planning to launch a company. Who would launch a company in those economic times? Just two guys named Bill Gates and Paul Allen launched a company you might have heard of in 1975 called Microsoft. So while everyone else was playing it safe, they were preparing to launch something significant. I wonder if we're waiting for better times, we're waiting for a better season, when God is saying, now is the time to plant. Now, this is the place to plant. You see, we need to honor the past, but we need to work our land. You're like, well, well I'm just working at, I'm just working at in and out Are you flipping burgers now? Almost? You still doing fries? It's like, make those fries the best fries anyone's ever had. 
Just like these fries, like, just like you're doing fries, you do fries the best that you can do fries until you start flipping burgers. And then when you do burgers, you start flipping. Then when you manage that in and out, you'd be the best manager in and out has ever seen. When I was 16 years old, uh, I became a janitor here. I was like, I, I want I, to, to work my land meant I needed to have those toilets be the cleanest toilets everyone had, anyone had ever seen. Anyone happy about that? <laughs> Work your land. If you're in sales, be the, be the best salesperson. If you sell homes, don't just have it be transactional, have it be relational. Not just helping people get a house, but help them introduce them to their home. Work your land. Rather than just praying for God to do something, what if you plant for God to bless something? Planting. Planting. Now, Isaac and all of his neighbors, they all had access to basically the same soil. It, all their land had the same sunlight, got the same amount of rain. In our world today, there's, there's all this talk about equality. Equality. When we're talking about equality, what are we talking about? Are we talking about equal outcome? or equal opportunity. If it's equal outcome, you will not like the Bible. Because Isaac's harvests were greater than all of his neighbors. His flocks and his herds multiplied. It says he had a hundred times return. Like what, a hundred times? Is anyone out there like, I'll just take 1.5? I don't, I don't need a hundred. I just want to outpace inflation right now. What, what's his secret? What was Isaac doing? Was it, was it his knowledge? It wasn't his knowledge. Was it his skill set? Was he just a much better farmer? No. It, it's that God's favor was on his life. God gave a promise to his daddy, Abraham, and that promise went to him. It is God's favor. Anyone out there just in a phenomenal cook? Like you just, you have a, you just... You're like, I don't want to raise my hand because you know I'm going to invite myself over for lunch. Um, <laughs> what time are we eating? Sometimes those that are great cooks, chefs, whatever you want to call them, they don't tell anyone what the recipe is. And then they'll be like, well, this, this, and this, but then I got my secret sauce. <laughs> you know that, the secret sauce? What's a secret? Whoa. It just sounds that much. It makes the food taste better if there's a secret sauce in it. Do you know what the secret sauce here is? God's favor. God's favor. Work on developing. Work on growing this year. Increase your skill set, but nothing replaces God's favor. I really believe God's spoken to my spirit that a season of, of increase is coming on his people, is coming on this church. Yeah. Not just so that we can buy bigger homes, not just so that we can drive faster cars and have nicer stuff, but if, if you really want to make a difference in this world, you need resources. If you want to be able to help someone, you need to have the resources to be able to help them. In fact, the more you have, the more you're able, the more you're able to do. God's favor. Ooh, if you knew God's favor was on your life, 
Many years ago, I, I, went to, I went to buy a house. Well, let me tell you the whole story. You see, about every two years, I would buy a home. You're like, why two years? You, got, you need to live in the home for two years to avoid capital gains tax. So, and I would look for new homes, and I would want to find the best area, but the worst home in that area. I was more concerned with the location where the home was than what the home looked like because you can't move a home unless it's a motor home. Uh, you, you can't like pick it up, but you can always change things. And I wasn't good in constru at construction, but I had friends who were. So I would be looking for great investment opportunities, great investment opportunities. And one Sunday, I was driving home from church. I remember this. I was, I was driving home and just passed a home that had a for sale sign. Now, this was back when you could actually pull out the papers in them. You want to remember those times? You pull out the paper and you I pulled out the papers. I was like, ah, it's probably way out, of, way out of my price range. Into the cul-de-sac, nice looking home. Pulled out the paper. I saw the price. So I was like, why is it so low? I walk into the home, having this open house. I walk into the home and I discovered why. It was like, whoa, before you even enter the front door, the smell hits you. The person who lived there was a taxidermist specializing in fish. Used their home as their office, as their workspace. Fish everywhere. It smelled like fish. It was like, whoa, I almost want to walk back out. You walk out, you know, it's just, but I'm like, I guess, and immediately the realtor looks at me and says, Pastor Dan, <laughs> runs over, gives me a hug. I'm like, hey, can we, can we take this conversation outside? <laughs> like, this is, it smells so bad. Uh, I'm like, why, why is this price this, this slow? And, and she said, she said, well, the people who own it, they made an offer on a home out in the desert. Their business has grown so much. I was like, I can tell, you know, this place is too small. They need a bigger place. They need to be able to close quickly. There's a few things that they need. I'm like, well, I would need to sell the condo that we're in. And, and she's like, listen, if you want this, I will do everything I can. I can't guarantee it. I can't tell them what to do, but I will let them know that you are the person, this and that. And I was like, well, okay, let's. Let's do it. I'm like, wait, but can we, can we get rid of, of this fish smell? <laughs> yeah. Two years later, this was a long time ago, sold that home and made $180,000. Now, is that because I was the smartest person? Is that because I'm an expert? Don't come to me for advice on flipping homes, by the way. <laughs> like, uh, all of that was was God's favor. Walking in and all the realtors... Like, that could have been there, the one, oh, like oh, God's favor can take you, and I believe this year is going to open up opportunities that otherwise would not have been there. When others are just trying to survive right now, God can help you to thrive this year. Do you believe that? So, so he's doing so well. Isaac is doing fantastic. And the Philistines were not happy about it. They envied him. When you fail, people will show you pity. When you succeed, you'll experience other people being jealous. You'll even lose some friends, maybe. 
and the Philistines were not happy. They're like, you got to move away. We want, we want you out of here. I have an announcement. It's time for someone to move on. I know you're disappointed, but you need to move on. You've been hurt, but you need to move on. Like, but I did so well at this company. It was a season. We're talking a hundred time return. Like, 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 why leave this? It's good. Why leave this company? And it, it's time to move on. Lindsay and I were having coffee with a couple this week. And the guy had just been let go from his job. And he was very, very, very successful. They didn't just let him go. They shut down the whole organization and didn't do it in a good way. Not the whole organization, just this department they were consolidating. And the way it was done was so was so rude. And then they called him back and were like, we're actually, we, we have a job we want to hire you for in another department. It's like, no thanks. I've seen what you guys are about. Because God was taking them into a new season, an entrepreneurial. I, you, you see, some of us, we get stuck. We don't want to move on. You get stuck in this past relationship that, that ended and you're so disappointed because you thought everything was great until it wasn't that you're not moving on to the new one. You're so stuck. We, we need to move on. You might be disappointed. Move on disappointed. You might be hurt. Move on hurt. Oftentimes the healing comes as you're, as you're moving on. Now, now, some of the old wells that Abraham, Isaac's father, had dug had been filled up by the Philistines. At that time, without water, people would die. You guys are like, this is, this is clean water. An act like this would cause people to go to war, would cause nations to go to war. They, they, filled, up those, they filled up those wells, those old wells. We have old wells at this church, those old wells. Ooh, I remember... I remember as a kid, I'm talking about these old wells, when people would actually get to church early, talk with people and be in here before worship first started and have their hands raised and be worshiping, and worship wasn't determined by how they felt. Worship was determined by how great God is in an understanding of how majestic and great, oh, those old wells. I'm talking about those old wells where when people would be sick, people would put their hands on them and pray for them at church. Now you're like, I think I got some Advil. Let me give you, you got, like when people would actually pray and believe. I remember those old wells where people would actually fast. I'm not talking about, oh, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm fasting something that you don't want to fast. I'm talking about like, like where you are legit hungry. And you're causing that, you're, but, but, but I'm going to seek God. Like those, those old wells. Those, those old wells. Some of them have been filled up. I think in the Capital C Church today. They've been filled up, not by the Philistines. I think some of the old wells have been filled up by comfortable Christianity. By, by consumer Christianity. <laughs> you hear that? Like church growth experts, the consumer is always right. You're not consumers. We're supposed to be Christians. Is this how Jesus would do things? How can I make you comfortable today? What would you like to give up? No, like you, you did you hear the, have you read the teachings of Jesus? It was not consumer, but I think we filled up some of these 
some of these old wells, and God's saying it's time to, time to dig up some of those old wells that, that this church dug years ago. There, there's power, there is life in the old wells. You see, we need to uncover these ancient practices. The, these ancient practices, like old wells. I, my aunt and uncle were saving up to buy a home and gave their entire down payment to the church to advance the cause of Christ meant they weren't going to be able to buy a home. That's sacrifice. I'm talking about these, these old wells, the, these old wells where people showed up and like, how can I, how can I serve? These, you see, we're so in, much in this consumer mindset. It, this is a little baby spoon that uh, if you've ever had kids, you usually feed them with this. Anyone remember this? And you get creative. Here comes the airplane. <laughs> and is this how the American church has become? Just a little bit of baby food? Open wide. Be a good girl. Be a good boy. Be... It's easy to digest, just a little bit, not to, not, but, but God's saying, no, there's, it's time to, to redig some of these old wells, but it's also time to dig some new wells. Isaac had, Isaac had some new wells dug. Ooh, there are some new wells that we're digging. With what we're doing with developing an app, it's a new well. Not just, to, not just to support you on Sundays, but to support you every day of the week, every hour of every day. There's some, there's some new wells. The discipleship development program that we're writing, there, there are some new wells. Going into other spaces, launching other campuses, there are, some, there are some new wells. Now, the first well that they dug, the, the, the people weren't happy. They got kicked out. He, he, Isaac names it Isaac, which means contention. You ever at a point that's contentious in life? You're like, but God, I'm following you. I'm. You see, what they're doing is they decided we're not going to live our lives with spoons. Here's how we're going to live our lives. You see... I was figuring out how I was holding this. Originally, I grabbed it with one finger and I realized that that's not too good right now. Uh, uh, if this is what you're looking for, you're so good boy. Oh, here we go. You're at the, you're at the wrong church. Here's what we're saying. Here's your shovel. <laughs> Start digging. They're, they're, they're digging. They're digging. They're digging. They're digging. But then they then it's like, it's contentious. And a lot of us, I'm tired. I'm tired of digging. You know what Isaac did? Let's move on. Someone, listen, move on. Some things aren't worth fighting over. Some things aren't like, move on. I know you did the work. Move on. Dig another, dig another well. Dig another well. They had to, had to get kicked out of this one as well. This well, then he, he named Sitna, which means hatred. Anyone who's digging wells right now for God is hated by culture. 
And sometimes we want to fight back. What did Isaac do? Let's go dig somewhere else. This is somewhat like, this, I want you to know God, God has something new. And they dig, they, they dug a third time. And this time he named it Roaboth, which means enlargement. After all that work got to a place to flourish. After all these crazy years, after all these weird times, God has brought you into a place and into a season to flourish. To flourish is to grow or to develop successfully. Don't stop digging. There's fresh water. I know you may be hitting problems, but, but if you keep digging, there's, there's provision there somewhere. God is doing a new thing. And if we could, if we could honor the past, if we will work our land, if we will seek God's favor, if we will uncover ancient practices, and if we will move on and keep digging, we'll discover true abundance.